The following audio is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that this recording will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Their eyes and hear 
therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. That is the So you get two holy men to be done and let the Lord have come to him, the coming of the kingdom of God, and the teaching of that salvation of the Son, the day of God's name. Thank 
sort of shrines and things like that. And they were making a, a literally a, you know, a fortune of making these idols. And then God, Paul comes and proclaims the gospel, and the people start worshiping God, and they don't want to buy the idols because these business men get up and down and they want to drive forward and every soldier that you get. Very much the case to anyone who threatens their way of life, particularly the We've seen the opposition come also in the damaging effects of, of fear in the lives of those who uh, profess belief in the church. You know, those uh, people who, who you know, threaten to undermine the gospel witness because of the sinfulness in their lives. We saw back in Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, which seems particularly dangerous to anger. We've seen the opposition come in, in physical danger faced by those who have gone out and proclaimed the gospel. You know, we've seen that the, the beating and the imprisonment and the executions and the shipwrecks and things like that, which is which the uh, the those who are following Jesus who are proclaiming the gospel around the uh, around the Roman Empire, but they've had to cope with these things as well, which can lead to the opposed to the spreading of the gospel. And then of course we've seen the constant reject rejection the gospel message by on the part of many people, particularly in our country today, that some claim to faith, but many oppose the Christian faith, many oppose the gospel. Of course, behind all this, what we really need to see is that it's with the spiritual forces of this faith, because Satan and Jesus are the ones behind all this opposition to gospel, to the gospel, to God's kingdom. And of course, Paul reminds us of that in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 where he says that we do not wrestle those against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We see that this opposition is not just a physical opposition it is very much a spiritual opposition to the things of God, to the purposes of God and to the things of God. It's going to be a so messy season. So many things that get hindered and opposed and threatened to bring a halt to the proclamation of the gospel that God's kingdom of God. And yet God through the Holy Spirit, as we see all the way today, God through the Holy Spirit continues to see the extension of His church. As the gospel went out, the people coming to their saving faith in Jesus Christ. The church continues to grow. Just as Jesus said, it would back there in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, where he said to his followers, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. All through Acts, we see that, 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 that fulfillment of that, 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 that proclamation of Jesus back there right at the very beginning of the book of Acts. Because as the gospel of Jesus is prevailed then, it prevails today and it will continue to prevail until Jesus comes back to judge the world. We need to have great confidence in that, 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 that despite all the opposition, despite all the hardship, despite all the difficulties, despite all the challenges, God's gospel prevails and will continue to prevail. And the thing is, you and I, we're part of it. We are part of seeing God's gospel prevail in our world today. We are part of God's plan that is that we're soon being fulfilled as we as God's people faithfully serve Him. As we're empowered by His indwelling spirit, 
the followers that we read about here in Acts chapter 5 by the Spirit of God, we too have that same spirit, the same Holy Spirit indwelling us as the followers of Jesus. And God gives us the same power in which to be to be His witnesses, to proclaim His good news of salvation of Jesus Christ to our world. And we can be confident too that the Holy Spirit is not at work just in us. But it's also a work in the world, as John, as, as, as John reminded us in his Jewish chapter, where the, the Holy Spirit is there, out in the world, convicting people of sin, and of the knowledge of the truth, and bringing you know, people to people's hearts to that faith, that is ready to receive the gospel and to respond to the message of the And so as we come to this last chapter in Acts today, we're going to we're going to continue to see how God is at work, particularly in the life of, of one man, the Apostle Paul. And in this chapter, I want to point out to us that three related points that this passage highlights that are vital for us to remember if we ourselves are to stay true to that calling that God has placed on us as His followers and as His witnesses to this in our world today. Three simple but the related point. And the first is this. We must remember this. That God is sovereign. God is sovereign over all of the world and over all the things that happen in our world today. And we can trust Him. That we can trust Him even when things may appear a bit shaky to us. That God's purposes may not be able to explain to us. So as we look at our passage this morning, it begins with these words. It says, after three months, we set sail on a ship that is wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria that the king god of the city of the The island being referred to there is the island of Malta in the Mediterranean. It's between basically they, yeah, they were uh, they were in uh, Crete, they covered traveled across the Mediterranean, and, and, and halfway, or not quite halfway, but a little bit further than halfway between between Crete and, and Italy is this island of Malta. And it is there that Paul and, and, and those who were with him were shipwrecked on this particular island. Remember, they were on route from Jerusalem to Italy. It was set before this to, to stand fire before Caesar because the Jews had wanted Paul killed. They wanted him out of the way because he was preaching Jesus alone as the Messiah, that Jesus had come as the Messiah. And he was preaching a gospel that said that, 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 that salvation is through faith alone in Christ alone, not by works of the law, which really went against what the Jews, what, what Judaism was all about. It was all about, in their mind, you know, working and fulfilling the works of the law in order to earn enough righteousness to earn God's favor. But Paul, and, you know, through the, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has, has been declared that no, it's not that way at all. That the law was, in fact, meant to show us how sinful we were in God's sight. And the fact that none of us could measure up to God's perfect standard. And the fact the law was meant to point us to our, to our own sin and to our need of a Savior, someone who could fulfill the law perfectly. And that person did the Jesus. And that we need to put our hope and our trust and our faith in Him, that He would be our righteousness. That Him dying on the cross and rising again from the dead that he is the one who could pay for our sins and make us righteous with God. That was the message Paul was preaching. So 
pulled out of the way. They wanted me to do it. And because, you know, they tried to get me to, to, to trial in Jerusalem, and, and Paul couldn't get a full trial there, even though they found no crime against him, you know, they, they, they still were to get rid of him. Thank you. 
did that in Romans chapter 1, verse 11, it's going to be half a poor heart to be able to continue to take these steps out of So I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift of strength, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware by this that I have often intended to come to you to trust Father in today, in order that I may reach some harvest among you as well as among the rest of you. Paul, you know, my life is all about serving Jesus. It's all about getting the gospel out and seeing people come to save faith to see people, you know, built up in their faith in Jesus Christ. That was Paul's whole purpose in living. Paul knew that these events of Rome and having an influence there could result in the, in the gospel being taken to all manner of places. Rome had all, all roads led to Rome back in those days. And there were people would come in and then they would go back out to the various parts of the empire and serve us there. Paul thought if you could get the gospel there, people there would, would come to faith that that gospel would go out even further. It would have an exponential kind of impact to the gospel in that world. Whilst he's there in prison. And he says, 
to the Philippian church, the Philippian believers, he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, the fact that I've been brought to Rome, the fact that I've been confined to this little house, chained to a Roman soldier, a day after day after day, all these things have actually really served to advance the gospel. Would you believe it? Would you believe it? He says, rather than his confinement being a hindrance to him, it has instead served to advance the gospel. If you look at this passage before us, we read that Paul was able to receive visitors in his home and proclaim the gospel to them, even while he was under house arrest. We see that in verse 13 of our passage, where it says, After three days, he, that is Paul, called together the local leaders in Greece, that is the leaders of the Jewish synagogue, there in Rome, and when they had gathered, when they gathered there in his, in his house, he says to them, and it gives an account of, of why Paul is there and what his mission is, what his purpose is. In verse 23, we see it again. When they, that is the Jews, had pointed a day to him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. And from morning to evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. In the end of the chapter, in verses 30 to 31, it says that he, that is Paul, lived in this way for two years on his own expense, and he welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Paul had this constant stream of people coming to his house. And as they sat there, he was able to just faithfully proclaim the message of Jesus. You know, reading from the, from the Jewish scriptures, from, from the Old Testament scriptures, that they had proclaimed about the, what all that Jesus had, had been doing, you know, through Paul and others, as the gospel was going out and people were coming to faith. They had all these visitors. But Paul also had a captive audience. In the Roman soldiers, he was chamberlain. Every day, they were chained to him in six-hour shifts. And these particular soldiers were not just ordinary soldiers. These soldiers were the elite of the elite. They were the, they were the soldiers who were part of Caesar's imperial guard. They were called the Praetorian guard. And these soldiers were part of a reg- regiment with close access, not only to the palace of Caesar, but also to the upper echelons of Roman society. And this went on for two whole years. Two years Paul languished in that place as a prisoner, but yet in that two years Paul had such an impact for the gospel. I'm sure that Paul conversed with these soldiers, sharing with them his own experiences of God's work in his life, just as he had testified to to the authorities like Festus and Felix and Agrippa. You can go back to Acts 26, verses 24 to 29, and and this is some of the testimony Paul gives when he's just been explaining to to these rulers. He says, And as he was saying these things in his defense, he's speaking of Paul, Festus, one of the rulers, said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. So Paul said, I am not out of mind. But I am speaking free and rational words. For the king, speaking of Agrippa, knows about these things. 
and dehumanize people, trying to say that none of these things have escaped his notice, for this has not been done in the corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophet? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, whether that be a short time or a long time, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am. That was the kind of testimony that Paul would preach. That he proclaimed to be believers, his basically held his future, his life in their hands. And I'm sure it's the same kind of testimony that Paul gave to his soldiers as well. These soldiers would have had a front row seat as Paul you know, spoke with all who came to visit him. People like Timothy and Epaphroditus and Tychicus and Onesimus and Aristarchus and John Mark and, and Justus and Epaphras. You know, if you go to the end of Colossians, you'll see a lot of the names of these people. And they, you know, as they prayed together and as they prayed, encouraged one another in their faith, and as Paul wrote and dictated his letters to the churches, these soldiers would have heard the gospel and they would have seen how Paul lived out the truth of that gospel in his life. And they would have been, they would have been confronted by that day after day after day. We've got to ask ourselves the question, we've got to ask ourselves, would it be the same for us if we had a non-believer actually came to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They would feel thoughtful as enemy. Okay? If we actually had people actually who lingered in our homes, who, 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 who shadowed us every minute of every day, what kind of testimony would our lives be to Jesus to those people? in deeds and in words before the world, holding out the word of life in lights of the gospel, in the dark places, being the hands and feet of Jesus to those who enter the world. That's what we need to do. And you know what? We can get to practice that too. Did you know that? How do we practice these things? Another. You know, 
emphasizing the, 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 the message of the gospel, emphasizing the, 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 the way that we, that within him and with one another in that own context, you know, there is the healing church, as I said, but whatever other context you need to believe it's true. If you're not doing it, then you do not, you cannot be expected to be Did Paul have an impact on these soldiers? Well, put it up there for you on the screen. So this is the end of Philippians chapter 1 and verse 13. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has been shared to believe the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is. In other words, these soldiers and others like the Jews that we read about in verses 7 to 25 that I talking to this morning, those people who came to see and hear, they, they knew that Paul was in prison. He was in chains for a specific purpose. And that was because Paul was about to share that Jesus was the only way to have a relationship with God. Paul was convinced about Jesus' identity and the power of the gospel, and he was committed to Jesus and to his church. It's interesting that the end of, 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 of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 22, we read that Paul actually sends greetings to the saints in Philippi from the believers in Caesar's household. All the saints greet you especially by the Paul could never hope to try to even get any kind of access to the powerful children to those who lived in the Western Mediterranean, apart from him being chained there and crucified in the soldiers and being put in the jail. What seems, from a human perspective, seems to be you know, just another way, another means of, 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 of hindering the gospel, of opposing the gospel, God uses the means of us to give that gospel of hope to people who never have been saved in the Not only did Paul, though, have an impact on the people of Paris and Caesar, but we read also in Philippians 1, chapter 4, sorry, chapter 1, verse 14. The Paul's coming also involves other believers to open the church. He says that most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are now much more bold to speak the words of our faith. God used Paul's difficult circumstances to have a dramatic impact for the gospel. But he was only able to do that because of Paul's willingness to be used by God regardless of his situation. Paul trusted in God's sovereign purpose. And that leads us to our second step. And I wonder if you really want to step up. Okay, the next topic is coming in the next chapter. Second point is this. Paul was used by God to go by the hand and preach and faithfully share the word of God. You know, it would have been easy for Paul to get discouraged. Get angry at God because 
of where he has found himself and all that he has done, and all that he has done. Like I said, Paul writes those letters to Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon, and And in many of those letters, Paul would have probably dictated as someone wrote them down. And Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, he says this, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is, is speaking these words and declaring that this is all about what the, what the gospel is about, the things that the gospel is all about. These Roman soldiers, if they had seen that Paul wasn't putting into practice what he was teaching, they wouldn't have had any impact whatsoever. But they see that Paul says this and he's living it out in his life. You know, a little bit like, and, and looking a little bit later in that chapter, it says in verses 11 to 13, it says, Not that I'm speaking of being in this, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance of need, and I can do all things through Christ. Paul was living out that which he was expecting. He knew that even in the midst of his difficult and hard circumstances, he could be content, knowing that God was in control. He chose to make the most of his situation. He writes in Colossians 3 6, 7 to 7, and he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Can you imagine Paul there in that in that in that uh, in that house under house arrest, and those believers that are coming to him as they as they encourage one another in the faith, as they sang the beautiful hymns of the faith, those psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, as they encourage each other from the Word of God. How powerful that would have been! in your heart to God. And whatever you do, whether it be in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through Him. But how often do we in church get so bothered by the gift of His Son and don't look for the Son? We need to. And it begins here on a Sunday. We need to make sure that this, this place should be overflowing on a Sunday with, 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 with people in our church coming together to seek to not only sing songs and to hear a message from God's Word, but to come along here and physically encourage each other. You know, I would love to see, and I know God would love to see, you know, that there's a service to prove that we don't have morning teas at the moment. It's a bit of a challenge for us at the moment. But the people gathered around in little groups, gathered around the church, you know, here in the auditorium, even outside, collecting together and actually praying for one another, finding what's going on in your life right now. What is God challenging you about? What is what are you struggling about in your life? What are the things that you feel are imprisoning you at the moment? How can we be praying together for that? How can we be you know, encouraging others in that? How can we be keeping up one another faithful in that? Who is it that you're trying to witness to in your workplace or that sort of thing? 
person is explained to that person right here and right now. And let's see God work powerfully in that and free that. You start to really see his church explode with enthusiasm and passion and enjoyment and encouragement and see more and more people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Folks, church isn't about coming here on a Sunday, kicking a religious box and saying, well, I've done my bit for this week. Church is not that at all. Church, folks, and, and, and I, I say this with all sincerity, church isn't about sitting there at home on your lounge seat in your pajamas kicking a cup of coffee. That is not what church is. I know that some are confined to their homes and they cannot get out of the moment. And I, I don't appreciate that. And I'm not you know, trying to criticize But let's not just think church is just coming along and just consume, 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 walk away and think, yeah, that was a pretty good message. You got something out of that today. I'm sure I'll do something next week. I'll give you a message today. Give eyes up to you. Oh, I didn't like the songs today. They weren't my cup of tea. That's not what church is. Church is not consumer driven. Church is serving one another. It is serving one another by serving Christ by giving. Wondering how on earth we can motivate us as God's people to be doing this work. And I am at my wit's end to know how to do that. And I need your help. We need the pastor's team, we need your help.
and as you walk down one of the back of the hall here, there's water, which that is a lot of time to get to the back of the center, the back of the center, and 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 the back of the Not told what happens to Paul. 
that we're looking for that next chapter to find out, you know, what happens if there's trial before Caesar? Do we know the trial? The thing is, that that chapter, that next chapter, that can still be written today, and you and I, as followers of Jesus, are part of that story, that ongoing story of what Jesus is doing in the planet's Holy Spirit in our world. And this is the gospel has always been opposed by all manner of forces. God continues to build His church in the depths of God and not and as we proclaim the, the gospel, this is an act. Yes, some will come to faith, but many will be dead. But we need to continue to keep pressure to them and Because the witness to Jesus will continue to spread, and there is nothing that can be stopped. The gospel will continue to go to the boldness and the rest of the world. The only pressure that remains is this. Your word, your word, your word, your word is powerfully a word for the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to go from this place, not just to know what you're saying, and now forgetting about what we've heard this morning, but may those words play witness to truth, and may those words bring about transformation to our lives. Help us to do Thanks for listening to this audio from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.